How do you define courage? I think it's getting up and doing the next thing even when it hurts. I think courage is really being afraid. I definitely don't share this a lot, but it's really difficult in the space that I'm in because it's a constant reminder of what I've lost, Mm -hmm. but also what we're able to give. So I think it's a two, it's a two part thing. I think courage, you think, oh, she's so brave, but I think you find that people are so brave and in the midst of the struggle, they're just doing the next thing, Mm -hmm. knowing that there's beauty on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Welcome, welcome. I am your host, Sarah Madras. Welcome to what? You didn't I'm going to tell the them show. in a second. You're going right. to be like, this is it. This is Jenny Midgley. And we are the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. <laughs> See? You just got to trust me. You changed it up and that made me nervous. Yes. This is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. Today, our guest is the fabulous Nikki Spear. And Nikki is the founder of the organization called Redefined Courage. Mm-hmm. At the basic level of Redefined Courage, they supply post-mastectomy shirts for women who have who are undergoing breast cancer treatment or as preventative. With And Nikki's going to tell us her story. <clears throat> and how she started into that but it's it's uh, and they're completely free for the recipient mm-hmm. so awesome. yeah because it's one of the things you don't think about is that when when women or men even have mastectomies when you have those big pieces of tissue taken away your body as a reaction fill those places with fluid and so there's like drains and things that have to be there and normal clothes don't work mm-hmm. and you don't want to necessarily live in hospital gowns. So there's a reason that gotcha. that you need some of those things. But yeah, so Nikki is here and we are so glad that she's here. Thank and y'all, you. I wish you could see her because she looks freaking fabulous. They're going to see on the cover art. But are they going to see the, the shoes? I mean, I, I, do you want me to do the thing. shoes? It's the whole thing. It's the shoes, the earrings, the bracelets, the blazer, the whole thing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and now that you feel like, are you going to be able to live up to that expectation now that Sarah's <laughs> laid down for you? Like she's laid this like ah, foundation. I'm not sure, but it's fun. So <laughs> I'm going to go with it. All right. So tell us about Redefine Courage and how it came into existence. And if you don't mind sharing your story. Yeah, absolutely. It was simply a promise to my mom when she did not feel beautiful after three breast cancer surgeries and diagnosis and all of the treatments. And we went to the mall and she was trying on clothes and I could hear her in the dressing room, just breathing a sigh of what is my body? Like what is happening right now? And when we were walking out of the mall with no clothes at all for her, I promised her that I would design clothing. And I was 35 at the time, had no idea what I was going to do with my life, which I mean, I think a lot of us can probably relate to that. We find ourselves later in life. Some of us are more blessed with that than others, but 35 years old, I'm going to do this. And so I stayed up late and was up early in the mornings and really honestly just hit the ground running with learning from the internet Mm -hmm. and reaching out to people that I knew that maybe 
had sewn before or done different things because I really honestly had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I made a promise to my mom and that I should keep it. And when I made the promise to her, she said that she definitely believed that I would do it. And so I knew in my heart that this was the calling on my life. And when I was flying back home, because I had visited her in New York during this time, when I was flying back home, I just felt this nudge to draw a shirt on a sticky note. I'm a writer. I like things come to me. So I'm like, I'm just going to write that down, jot that down. So I always have like paper or pen or something in my purse. And so I did. I drew a shirt like probably a two or three year old would draw. And <laughs> That's okay. We joke, but Sarah's seen my storyboards for my clients. Like I've drawn, st- they look like stick figures and yeah. forensic scenes where I've like, <laughs> it looks like Bobby's like, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. It, it wasn't good. But no. I called my husband. I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. he's okay, let's do it. So yeah, just really hit the ground running. And probably about 65 to 70 days later, after I made that promise, my mom passed away. Walking through that grief is something, grief is something that you don't expect. It hits you like a ton of bricks. It's like that anxiety blanket that people talk about now, like that heavy weighted blanket almost feels like that's what you're living under, but trying to walk and move and breathe through all of that. I think a lot of us have faced grief, but I knew in that season of life that this project that I promised my mom was going to save me from wanting to just really curl up in my bed and not face the day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I just shared with my family and friends, this is what I want to do. And we came up with the name and my mom had really redefined courage for me in my life, just watching her faith and walking through all that she had been through and just really was a really radiant, beautiful woman And I knew I wanted to be that, and I also knew that I wanted to, um, if I couldn't serve her, then I wanted other women to experience what we were about to transpire. That's awesome. Thank you. Can you you help me understand more detail about the shirts? Yeah, absolutely. I knew what it was like to come home from a breast surgery because I have had one preventatively. So 10 years ago, I chose to have my healthy breasts removed so that I could be here to raise my children and be with my husband. And I knew when you come home that they pin these drains. I had four, two on each side, to my compression bra. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that would most likely be the first step or first surgery that a woman went through, not necessarily the clothing that my mom would be able to wear, but just thinking through the process of when you're told you have breast cancer till Maybe you go through treatment. I wanted something comfortable. And yeah, that's simply just a button-up shirt. It's easy to get on because you have limited mobility with your arms. Mm -hmm. And it's soft and it's easily washable. And it has four drain pockets inside. They're they're somewhat larger pockets so that the drain um, bulbs can fit in there. And they don't hang all the way down low. They're in the middle of the shirt inside. And yeah, bigger arms, bigger sleeves for arms, just in case maybe you went through treatment and you have lymphedema, which is fluid in your your arms, and just so that it is comfortable throughout this journey and this process that you're going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the that's the thing that sets it apart, right? Because you can go get wrap shirts or you can go get other things, but paying attention to the things like chemo makes you swollen. 
and radiation. The, you're going to be on steroids for things like that. That stuff makes you swollen. Lymphedema, which people don't necessarily know. It's your lymphatic system is unable to like process off all those fluids, which is also why you have these drains and then having pockets for the bulb because they're going to be different sizes, right? Like initially you may have a larger bulb, which they like, they look like these little discs or these like little teardrop shape, but they're, they're just plastic and they're hollow and they almost look like those flat like Christmas ornaments. Yeah. (laughs) They will be like a flat Christmas ornament until they fill up with the fluid. And yeah, yeah, I think, I think as things go on in life, happens people are coming up with really incredible things so we may see things differently and and I had talked to somebody and I said I hope that one day there's really even no need right Mm -hmm. for our shirt Mm -hmm. because that they will come up with something so fantastic that will help a woman and Mm -hmm. but until that happens we will be here so that they can hold them and not something to go over your head because you can't lift your arms yeah. because of all the muscles that are impacted in your torso. And then mm. the pockets being sewn on the inside because those drains are, it could be messy and right. you don't necessarily want messy yeah, things. And, and I don't know, for me, for my mom, for I think a lot of women, you're getting dressed in the morning. You want to feel some sense of beauty, I guess mm. you would say. And that just doesn't make you feel beautiful when you have things hanging from you. So I Mm -hmm. thought if you could feel beautiful and have a smile on your face and know that someone cared for you, I think that brings healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Well, and I love what you just said, know that someone cares for you. Like that within itself of like when you're putting on the shirt, knowing someone made this specific and specially for me in order to feel beautiful and Mm -hmm. to know that someone cares for me. And somebody, and you have the ability through your organization that people can send you can actually sponsor a shirt. So if someone that, God forbid, is is dealing with this, you can actually just, through the organization, send it right to them. So literally, it's coming from someone who cares about you. Mm-hmm. It's not just that they're funded, right? right? That you find it and you're like, hey, I need a shirt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's people, businesses, everybody. Back to what you were saying about you're cared for. Someone had mentioned when they were talking about the shirt that it was almost like my mom was wrapping them in a hug and Mm -hmm. that they don't know if I did that like intentionally. And I just thought that was really cool. The perspective of what other women feel. Yeah. And if they know the story, if they don't know the story, they don't quite understand. But the reason we started was because of my mom and to feel that sense of love and caring, but we continue because of all the women that are battling. That's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How do you define courage? I think it's getting up and doing the next thing, even when it hurts. I think courage is really being afraid. I definitely don't share this a lot, but it's really difficult in the space that I'm in because it's a constant reminder of what I've lost, Mm -hmm. but also what we're able to give. So I think it's a two, it's a two part thing. I think courage, you think, oh, she's so brave, but I think you find that people are so brave and in the midst of the struggle, they're just doing the next thing, Mm -hmm. knowing that there's beauty on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. I think that's what courage is for me. And I think it's funny because like anytime I hear now the the next thing, like I think of from Frozen 2 from from yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Princess Anna's song about yeah. the next doing the next thing. Yes. Like to me, it's an extension mm. of that, right? Like courage is the ability, as, as you're describing it for you, is the ability to get up and move forward to go to the next thing. And then for me, like I would, what's the next right thing? 
Yeah. And I sing I the song that. in my head. And, and I was <laughs> going to say, and the song is at the place where, because she's just experienced so much loss, yeah. she thinks she's lost Elsa. She has lost Olaf and she's she in maybe grief. Like, yeah. And yeah. she's saying, I, what I'm going to do is just the next right thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next right thing. I have chills. I mm. do too. <laughs> Our really angels beautiful. are talking to us. Yes. As Stacy would say. Yes. Beautiful. I are you, it. do you know the black feather intuitive Stacy Brown? I don't. We had her on uh, a while back, but and she's an amazing human. But one of the things that she was talking about in her episode was that those tingles that you get, those chills that you get, it's just validation that your your what does she call them? Your dream team mm-hmm. is talking to you. Yep, your spiritual like dream team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Definitely need a dream team. <laughs> <laughs> I have one now, yeah. so yes. awesome! I'll have to yeah. listen to that. Episode. Awesome. So then, for you, because you just said that part of the being attached to the mission is that you're still like what pains you the most of what you don't have is what you're in. But it, it's like that catch 22 or like the flip of the coin mm-hmm. is that it still tethers you to your mom and, and the promise you made to her and the connection and the love that right. you guys have for each other. I think so, it tethers to the mission and helps you honor her in a way that mm-hmm. is incredibly valuable to your life and your existence. And, and you have what, three kids? Yes. Yeah. So it's a legacy for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. They honestly, when you first start something, you gather all the help that you can with what's right there in front of you and packaging up boxes and, and doing all of that. My family was a huge part of that. It didn't just happen overnight. It happened with a lot of talking and a lot of what do you think? And they lost their grandmother, mm-hmm. but they gained something. My daughter had said to me just a few months ago, which kind of still (laughs) keeps me going, is she just said, Mom, like, you made me realize things are possible. Like, my my dreams are possible. And I'm just like, wow. I think that's part of the key, too. That's part of Redefined Courage because we never really know what the next thing is going to be. I don't know if Redefined Courage will be here forever. I hope it won't be. And just saying that out there just because I don't want this to have to be a thing, Mm -hmm. but knowing that your family and other people around you see that you were brave enough to start something, even when you knew nothing about it and your kids to leave that type of legacy, like I'm proud of that. And I think a lot of us, and I'm not even going to say women, I think men too, like we don't celebrate enough the good things. Like we will look in the mirror and we'll put this down or we'll think about this and that didn't work out but thinking about the good mm-hmm. is so amazing mm-hmm. to say wow that's really cool that my daughter looks at it this way mm-hmm. or somebody that we don't even know may feel that certain way so I think that, that ripple effect yeah and celebrating that and that really does it has kept me going in the last couple months because it is hard let's just be honest donations and COVID and life and all of the many hard things that are happening right now on top of people being diagnosed with breast cancer, like life is a little tough. Mm-hmm. And I think just to be honest with that, but to say, hey, we're pressing on, we have people to help and we're going to continue to do what we do. It matters to the people around you. Right. So, And and just to be clear, because I, I don't, just so everybody's aware. So Redefine Courage started out as this very small thing, right? That you were just literally like looking for money to supply the materials to make these shirts and send them to people so that they didn't have to pay for them. (laughs) That was the start. And then move fast forward 2019, you're planning a fundraising gala. Mm -hmm. 
And then... how many years has it been since it first started? So this will be two years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's grown exponentially in those two years. And then... And then 2020 happened. <laughs> and then 2020. 2020. Fuck 2020. <laughs> and then all of the best laid plans for mm. the second annual Redefine Courage Gala then went to shit. <laughs> Felt like that. <laughs> and so, like, how did you pivot from that, though? Because the mission is still there. And you touched on it a bit, like, donations are going to dry up. People are out of work. Things are are shifting and changing. So talk about a little bit how you pivoted from and accepted like, okay, the gala is not happening now, but we still need to move forward and do this like big fundraising push. And how did you pull that off? Yeah, I think same thing. When I made the first promise to my mom, it was like, okay, like we put out there that we're having this gala and we're going to do it. So I just researched and found these amazing Guys were like, hey, we'll help you do an online auction. And there was already companies in January of this year that had given us gift certificates and people and the way people care and love. Like I just took all of that and I was like, okay, we're going to make this work. So we did an online auction and people that have worn the shirt and supporters and businesses for amazing businesses, they were just like, hey, let's still do this. Like, we'll still sponsor it. And mm-hmm. they made videos and shared why. And we had it a couple of weeks ago and we raised a good amount of money because people have been touched by this or mm-hmm. they saw it or they know my mom or they know me or mm-hmm. their sister passed away and they gave money in memory of that. And so I think people did gather. It wasn't like an in-person one would be right. and it wasn't I guess you would say like being together is just so fantastic. Rubbing shoulders with people and just being hugging like, yeah. their presence. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and physical feeling, energy. Yeah. Yes. The physical energy and feeling the, just the excitement of mm-hmm. all that, like we had in the first, but the excitement was the balloons outside of our house and mm-hmm. yard wow coming and, and putting up a sign that said, give hope. And mm-hmm. we just did what we had to do with what we had. Yep. And we're going to continue to make it work. And we just put another order in for 500 shirts and we're amazing. We're going to help as many women as possible. Right now, it's a little challenging Mm -hmm. with inventory and finances, but it's not going to stop how we love and serve. We'll find a different way and we'll pivot until it can all come together. I think that's I think that's really the key. I think all of us have faced that as business owners and and people, even in our families, there's been things we've had to shift or rooms we've had to move around because this one needs to work from home or do Mm -hmm. school or like, I think that's life. Like we're always trying to find the best way to try to do things to make it work for our family. You said for you, it's about love and serve. What, how do you feel like your mom loved and served you? The real story that like comes to my mind is this is pretty personal, but I think like we can share this. Right. <laughs> Knowing Jenny, I'm saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was 19, I was not living how my parents would say that they raised me uh, to be this good Christian girl. And I was actually just going crazy, like living my life, however. And I ended up becoming pregnant at 19. And my parents brought me home from college and they were like, this just is not working out. Like you need help and 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 we're going to help you. Okay. So I wasn't 
doing the right thing or living up to what my parents had expected from me, both my mom and dad, amazing, gracious people, brought me back to their house and were like, hey, we're going to care for you. Even though you've heard us, Mm -hmm. we're still a family and Mm -hmm. we love and we serve regardless of what happens. Like we just don't throw our hands up and say there's nothing we can do. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, four months after that happened, I started having a miscarriage and my mom was there at 2.30 in the morning. She's let's go. We've got to go to the hospital. I'm going to take care of you. My mom held my hand through that entire thing. Mm -hmm. And she actually sang to me while I was walking through that. And how could I not serve her and serve these women when I've been shown such grace and love in my life? Um, Not perfect but really Mm -hmm. beautiful. And it actually didn't change the way that I lived. Like I love my parents and everything, but I still went a little crazy. Mm -hmm. So when I was 22, I got pregnant again. And again, my parents were like, hey, come home. We'll help you. And that child is now about to be 19. And so I'm just very blessed to come from a family that says, hey, this kind of went awry and went really wrong Similar, I guess you would say to breast cancer, like this kind of went awry and we did not plan for this to happen. And we've Mm -hmm. seen breast cancer and death a lot in my family, but it's not going to change who we are and how we love and how we serve. And I hope to honor my family like that. It's nice to know that people in the world think that I'm like that. But if I'm not loving and serving my family right in my home, then I'm not doing what I'm called to do. So that's how I was brought up and and the woman that I want to be and how I want to show up. Mm -hmm. And just, that's just how I've been loved and served in my life. Yep. What would you say is the most courageous thing you've done? In my life? Mm -hmm. Wow. So far. (laughs) I can think of a few things. I think courageous being showing up to church, actually being pregnant with my second child Mm -hmm. and saying, hey, this is what I've done and Mm -hmm. I'm here and this happened and just finding so much grace and love in those moments too as well from just amazing people. I think that's pretty courageous because you really have no idea what's going to happen. And I really- Well, it goes so much deeper than that, right? Because you're talking about like you're risking being shamed by walking into a place that's supposed to bring you comfort where people are going to be talking about you. Because, you know, there's a story there and people love to gossip whether or not it's healthy. They do Mm -hmm. it. And then to know, but to know that you were also equally supported because your parents had your back and they were going to walk through it with you. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that. When it goes to the whole definition. Creates a different story. Like it writes a different narrative. Absolutely. And it goes to the whole definition of what courage is because vulnerability is the fear of risk emotional exposure and and uncertainty. And so in that moment of you walking into the church, you were facing vulnerability of uncertainty of how people were going to ask or react, emotional exposure of what were they going to say? Were they going to shame you? Like, how is that going to... So you were in that moment and our, when we are in a moment of vulnerability, that's our greatest measure of courage. And so, of course, like that is Mm -hmm. one of your most courageous moments is because you were so vulnerable because there was uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say it too, like that would be my first one that I would say second would definitely be redefine courage and like Mm -hmm. sharing my story. Who am I? I'm just a simple girl from New York who's 
made a ton of mistakes, had no idea what she was going to do with her life. And now I'm sharing my story with the world. Mm-hmm. And it feels a little scary because I'm just doing what I thought was the right thing to do and making right. a promise and keeping it See, to my doing mom. Doing the next right thing, I'm <laughs> well, just saying. And, and honestly, so this is how, what we, is such a, a thread of what we believe in of why we share these stories is yep. because you never know who needs to hear it and the ripple effects of that are going to right. come, the impact you're going to have. You may never know. And for example, you just shared that story about how your mom showed you uh, love and service and things like that. And I'm sitting here listening and I'm like, now I know why she's on the show today. It's because I needed to hear that this morning Mm -hmm. because this morning in our house was not pleasant of my, I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old and they've been sneaking and breaking trust. And I've been doing all these tactics. Like we have a trust marble jar and I had him read a book on trust and then they wrote a book report on trust. And I'm like trying every parenting technique <laughs> and I'm tired. And this morning I woke up and a voice was like, look at it, check to see what's happening. And I go up and they snuck into the playroom at 6am and are playing Minecraft, even though they're not allowed to be playing Minecraft because they broke trust and there's not mm-hmm. enough marbles in the jar to earn Minecraft. Mm. And I was just like, physically sick to my stomach because I'm sitting there like, wow, all of the, no, I wanted to throw my hands up and be like, screw it. I don't know what the hell else to do to teach you. Got And there are other words popping in. Can, but so I needed to hear that story because that is where I was at. And I like parenting went down of, well, what is the most important thing to mommy? Trust. And I was like, you just took away the most important thing to me. And I was like, so now I'm taking away the most important things to you. And this morning, everything that's important to them went into a big box and is now in the attic. And I'm sitting here going, what hill do you want to die on, Sarah? Is it really like... Yes! Trust is the number one, but they're six and nine. Like they're supposed to go get up at six o'clock in the morning and go play Minecraft. I don't know what crack they're smoking, but they are not supposed to be doing that. I mean, <laughs> but my point to this story it's is It's not that I'm just saying we pick the hill that we're going to die on. And in I'll my die house. on the trust hill every day. And that's fine. But is it like, all right, this is going to be another conversation for another day. <laughs> but I don't see it as much of a trust thing as in a grace thing for to give yourself some grace to say that trust can, trust can be a continuum, that it can be a, it doesn't have to be such an absolute when it comes to. Well, little I mean, boys tr- when, when trust is broken it's it, it is kind of hard <laughs> thank you boys, but they're I, little boys and they're not they able are, to but, they are not able to have the executive function to understand the oh, level they of completely jenny okay now you get me all fucking riled up <laughs> they completely understood that what they were doing was, was against the right. rules yes, yes they completely yes. understood that what they did was breaking trust to the point because we have a baby monitor in that room they unplugged it so that I could not do yeah. my Oh, that's so different. So I'm going to rewind that narrative. So that's so different. That was strategic. So they unplugged the baby monitor so that I couldn't. That's a hell to die on. Look. Yeah. Then they got their clock and put it on the couch in the middle of them so that they could see when it was seven o'clock because that's when my alarm goes off. And so that they could, they have been doing it for over a week. They just got caught. Yeah. Yeah. So and then that's I was different. like, girl. <laughs> I, well, but you, we didn't t- give me the full story. <laughs> You did not give me all of the information that I needed. to. So now my judgment has changed mm-hmm. and I understand that you were dying on that hill and why you were doing it. But at the same time, there's still little boys. 
No, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to get, and they can earn it back. back. That's the thing. They can earn it back. <laughs> yeah, like that's the, right the lesson. Yeah. By doing I mean, the next you thing. taught me to now go home and because literally everything's gone and they're writing down all the things they lost and all the reasons why they lost it. Wow. And I'm like, so glad I'm not your child. <laughs> Cause I'm trying everything I know to do to I make know, good humans. That is really awesome. And we've definitely had some struggles in our house with teenagers. I think that because I was brought up in a house with a ton of grace, mm-hmm. it's how I parented, and my husband is very different than that. And that definitely caused a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes there is grace, but there's also that truth mm-hmm. that just says, hey, this is wrong in our house, yeah. and this is what we do. And because of that, there's consequences. Listen, I faced consequences because of my decisions. Life has not been the easiest for my husband and I forming a relationship before parenting before we even had really a relationship because of some of the choices that Mm -hmm. we made so I think that there are consequences in all of our lives and if we're able to show our kids like hey this is going to happen so when they have that chance to drink and drive what will happen will they call you Mm -hmm. Right. To pick them up because they want you to trust them. Like they did something wrong, but they want you to trust, but they want to make the right choice because there are consequences to those things. It flows as much as Mm -hmm. we think six and nine is little, like it really does. It it really does go full circle. Again, all of us have those different hills that we will die on Mm -hmm. and things that we, Mm -hmm. but I think that it is trust and grace. Yep. It's a balance. And tell them, mommy always loves you and give them that. Because this morning I was like, I can't even stand to look at you. I didn't say that out loud, but I was. You were thinking it. No, I totally get it. In my head. Like right now. like So thank you for that, Nikki. Yeah. (laughs) I will go home and remind them they are loved. And yes, we are of here course. to love and serve. And yeah. Even and that's, though I've taken away all your love. And that's, that's why you did it, it though. Right? And you say, no matter what, right? Like you're setting the standard of no matter what, I love you. I may not like your behavior. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the basic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's basic, Brene. Yes. 101. Well, I, it's I, basic I, like parenting even before I knew Brene. But that's the thing, right? You Because it's hard to, to differentiate that sometimes. To say, I may not agree with your choices and your behavior. There's very little that you could do that would make me stop loving right, you. Right. Your parents didn't shame you when you came home. Absolutely. When you told the fact that you told them, like that's where it started, right? That you felt like you could even say those words without trying to figure out how to deal with it on your own, that you were able to turn to them. That set, no matter how wild and crazy you got, you still knew that was your touchstone. Yep. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I think And I feel very fortunate for that, really, honestly. I know that people have a lot of different, really difficult circumstances, and I'm really just fortunate that my parents were able to do that for me. So isn't it amazing? You don't know what it is that you say that's going to have an impact on somebody. I love that. And it's that, and it does, it turns into that ripple effect of like, you don't, not just the not knowing, but like the reach that can end up happening. Like we were talking about that with a, another guest recently that, you know, that just because you're in your mind, you're just trying to do the, the right thing, thing, the next right thing. And then it ends up 25,000 people watch it on the internet mm-hmm. or like yeah. it's, it's, and then your words have a much farther reach and impact. And I think that's part of what our, we want our legacy to be here with the girls who do stuff is bringing people to the table who can share their story, those stories that we know will be impactful for us, which means that there are other people out there. We're just the end. There's going to be other people out there that are mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because you in here today, you planted a seed, impacted me. I'm going to go home and interact with my kids different that then impacts them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Then they're going to grow right. up. and you know. Sure. And having... It's just wild. And just even having that dialogue with Sarah and I in the moment of that's going to re- resonate and I'm going to go home and talk to my husband and what's going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love it. See I, what you did? And we just think, oh, but I'm just a person like talking and doing right. my thing. But no. like, we are all like... Right. Each, no one person is indispensable or unextraordinary, like, or unimpactful. Every single mm-hmm. human being in this world and, is extraordinary and can have an impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of how you use it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all are going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how we use it. My husband and I always talk about that. That's, that is who we want to be. and mm-hmm. That's what we want redefine courage to be like when you receive that box of hope is the name of the shirt by the way mm-hmm. when you receive that box of hope knowing that somebody across the world thought of you mm-hmm. or somebody down the street thought of you you're loved like mm-hmm. your life in this moment has purpose mm-hmm. no matter what you're walking through and you are seen and loved and thought about Man, that is that is power. Mm-hmm. And if we do nothing else, if we stopped redefine courage today, I know that over five hundred women have felt that mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Does anything else go in the box? Yes, there's different businesses that partner with us, but there's usually Beauty Counter or Thrive, or there's a boutique that just partnered with us. So they were giving amazing earrings mm-hmm. and necklaces to these women. So it's it's a treat. So you think yep. you're just getting a Hope shirt, which is in and of itself great because it'll help you what mm-hmm. what you're going through. But then you get Surprises. a little gift bag and you're like, oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I think I've always wanted it to be like one specific thing. And then I realized all these other businesses, Zoe's Chapstick and different businesses were reaching out to us saying, hey, could we like throw something in the box just to let these ladies mm-hmm. know that we are thinking of them too? And I'm like, great idea, like perfect. That's so awesome. mm-hmm. it's just really morphed into something really incredible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some goodies in well, the boxes. And I also want to say, I think that's a testament to you as an individual and the, the and what you've created, but it's, it really, it's more than just the shirts. It's about you and your story and who you are. That's attracting all of Thank these you. things to you. Because one of the, the ways that Redefine Courage has grown exponentially is because of social media and people highlighting the, the, charity in different groups are saying like, Hey, you need to talk to Nikki and here, like putting yourself out there, taking that first step, creating this, putting yourself out there and letting other people be your sales force mm-hmm. <laughs> to sell yeah. that. So let's talk about that for a second, because if I'm a listener, then I go, well, then why aren't those things floating to me? Why is that not attracting? Like, why am I not attracting that? Is it something wrong with who I am? No. If it's just who she is, then they're going to be like, it's part I of think it. I'm I said freaking part of it. awesome too. So, but let's explore that. Oh, yeah, let's if explore I'm a listener, yeah. I can would. I, can yeah. I speak to that? Yes, yeah. please. That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel this way. First of all, I would have to say my faith is a big part of, I think, who the person that I am is. But I also feel like the things you look for, you find. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge proponent of that. And in the last couple of weeks, to be extremely honest, I have not been that person. And I have a best friend of 25 years, and I'm just going to give her a quick shout out right Mm -hmm. now. But the other night, I was just 
a listing off all like all of the things. Like there's just been so many things just in my heart within our family, just a lot of stuff. And I was just like listing them off. And she texted back and she said on a positive note, because I've always been that person. Mm -hmm. I just felt really heavy in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And she told me that her daughter got an amazing grade in college. And I said, oh, on a positive note, like this thing happened. Like my daughter helped me with something or she did something. I was super proud of her. And I said, okay, we're doing this every single night. Mm -hmm. So for the last couple of nights, we've texted each other on a positive note, this and this happened. And what I realized is that for the last couple of days, they've been really amazing. Mm -hmm. Not amazing, like... I haven't gotten like $50,000 <laughs> or like a modeling contract. But amazing is the fact that I'm looking for mm -hmm. the good. Mm -hmm. And so I'm finding mm -hmm. it. So I think that if you're a person sitting, listening to this right now and you're like, oh, that's just great. Like all the great things come to you. I think there's a little bit of grit and hard work mm -hmm. and gratitude. Yes. Gratitude is a huge thing. And I think when you, I think with a lot of things that are happening now in this world, it's just, we don't have a lot of gratitude. We look at what others have because mm -hmm. of social media and say, what's the deal? Like, like it's impossible so to keep up with the Joneses. So why even try? Totally. But I I'm do like, too. Yeah. My God, why are they recommending her? Why aren't they recommending me? I'm like, I know these people do. It's real life, but That's I love what life. you said about it is that daily practice of gratitude. There's so many studies that are out there that says right. if you science. start and yeah. end your day, it is neuroscience. If you start and end your day being thankful for very specific things, mm -hmm. you tend to, you you lean towards rating your life as happier. And we even have a blessing board that we started doing in COVID on our refrigerator. We, we just take colorful rainbow post-it notes mm -hmm. and we'll write. So like when you took me to the three martini lunch, and oh, yeah, yeah. On a sticky and I was like free steak and ice cream for lunch, <laughs> sticky on the fridge. And the boys, will put, right. The yeah. boys will put, uh, swim play pool play dates with their friend our mm. friend who had a pool in the backyard and it was like boom they would put that up there and yeah, so you're learning to be grateful for even the little things the mm -hmm. ice cream and the steak which right. actually isn't and little it's pretty big yeah, and, right. and then when they <laughs> get when they earn all their stuff back they can put stuff on they can put the earned mama's trust yes, yes. <laughs> all over and over again right. that's gonna fill up the blessing board exactly i love it i also think too just to speak to what we were saying about gratitude i think forgiveness is a big thing mm -hmm. I think when you are a forgiving person and you're not like holding all of this stuff inside of you and you're like, okay, that was done. It was wrong. Whatever happened. Mm -hmm. But I forgive you. My husband and I have this thing. If he comes in the door and I'm not like, hey, how was your day? Or I don't kiss him or something like that. And I have a bad attitude, which doesn't happen very often. I can't imagine um, that it would, honestly. <laughs> Like Ick does, so I hope he doesn't listen today. Um, so when I do have a bad attitude once every six months, he will, he'll walk back out. I'm like, can we start over and yeah. like do yeah. this again? And he'll yeah. walk back out the door and he'll come back in and we'll start. And I think laughing at yourself, showing forgiveness and gratitude are huge things. And mm -hmm. people really honestly are attracted to that. Mm -hmm. And good things will come when you when you are focusing on those things. So that's yeah. my take on it. 
Yeah, and I think that it's just as much about loving and yourself and and being showing yourself grace and forgiving yourself for missteps that you may perceive yes. or things like that as much as it is for other people. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Are you ready? I think that's a good transition. It is a good transition period. Round. On the Girls Who Do Stuff, we do this thing called the lightning round where we rapid fire questions at you and you say the first thing that comes to mind. I want to yes. start with a fun one. Okay. Who would play you in your life movie? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Can I say who I think it would be? I want, yes, because I'm so curious if we're thinking the same person. Julia Roberts. No, it's not who I was thinking. Oh, I think the girl from Saturday Night Live. What's her name? Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I was going Sandra Bullock. Ooh, oh, I could see that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like all of it. <laughs> There's your cast list, people right. who are going to be listening to this yeah. for your um, theatrical debut. Yes, please. How do you unwind? Sitting on the porch with a glass of wine with my husband. What do you geek out about? Hip hop music. Yes. Okay. All right. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. We'll have a party. All right. What's your number one favorite book? At this point in my life, I would have to say the Bible. Favorite book. Okay. What's the best advice you have ever been told? Best advice probably would be never go to bed angry. What's your favorite place in the world? My house. How do you get yourself unstuck? Write things down. Do a total brain dump. Mm -hmm. And then reorganize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. What is something no one knows about you? I'm not 100% sure about this. (laughs) My nickname. I don't think anybody knows my nickname. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna share it? Are you gonna share it? Meanie bug. <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. Thank you for sharing. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you for trusting Thank you. us with that yes. information. Yes. The world listening to this <laughs> podcast. I love it. No, the thousands of people bug. that are now going I've lost on the show. All my cred. <laughs> that could be your hip hop name. Meanie Y'all. Embrace it. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> I have a whole new life ahead of me, you guys. See? So now we have to ask her theme song. Yeah. So uh, if your life had a theme song, what would it be? Okay, you guys are going to think I'm totally... No, you're not. You're not going to think I'm totally anything. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off on that sentence because... I am confident and y'all aren't going to talk about me. Hey, right. I guess like my theme song would be I Love Your Smile by Brandy. Everyone's always said, oh. I love your smile. And that song makes me just want to like, I yeah, love your smile. that's a good song. Yeah. I do you guys know it? it? Yeah. Do, good song. Do, 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 yeah. We put it in the gala this year. You could play it. We, we can't look forward to it. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> and our producer is now like, stop singing. Stop it right now. He was going for the button to make us stop. <laughs> Did you see that? He's like, I'm going like, to cut you off. Like, yeah. 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 This whole producer thing. Brandy, when you hear this, please let grant us license to use the song I'm in our sorry, promo. I'm sorry, Brandy. We're I do. You. I do love your song, Brandy. <laughs> Who are the people that challenge you? My husband is the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another conversation for another day. I see that. We're going to have Nikki back on. We're going to have yeah. Nini Bug back on to talk about But if you the have me, home. if you have me, you really should have him because he's going to see it in a different perspective. Totally. Because I think mm-hmm. that he's, it's not that he's hard on me. He just challenges me to raise to the next level. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I love those days when he comes home and he's like, what did you do today? And I have no answer. 
I, those are our I best was practicing days. being. Yes. Honey. Right. I was practicing like, being. Like, I know I did the things. I just couldn't tell you what they amounted to. <laughs> but thank you for asking. Yes. Yeah. It was a good day. <laughs> I read this like, mom groups on Facebook, and this one person was like, I have to confess. Right before my husband comes home, I run into the laundry room, turn on the dryer, and even though the clothes are already dry, and she's and I'm like, oh, so that I'm just walking. Out the <laughs> and there was like 80 comments of all these women yep. who are like saying, "What I do is when I hear the garage door opening, I spray Lysol or like uh, what is it, the stuff, the pine salt, yeah, because it makes it look like I spent all day mopping the floors." Oh you know? my god. <laughs> That's so good. Hysterical. Oh my god. I can honestly say, like, I do not do any of those things. (laughs) I'm like, I am where I am. I am who I am. I'm (laughs) Popeye the Sailor Man. Like it's Yes. But I was laughing. I was like, y'all, that's extensive. That's a lot of energy expended to be like Hey honey, I was doing things. (laughs) Right? Other than Yeah, your kids are alive. Right? Yes. Yeah. And that's what happened today. I'm alive. I didn't leave. Exactly. <laughs> because 2020. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm still here. I did not run away. Where the fuck am I going to go? Because COVID. I'm here. Well, everybody I'm still has their fingers and toes. We're good. I love it. I count it for a win. I love it. I like it. I like it. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, all, all right. right. On that note, uh, Nikki, where can our people find you? RedefineCourage.com, Instagram, Redefine Courage, Facebook, Redefine Courage, just social media. Mm-hmm. Find us there. Awesome. And um, if you want to support, please go to redefinecourage.com. You can donate and you can also send a shirt to a loved one and with the swag bags. I was going to say. Or whoever, partner up. You know, yep. If you want to put something else in That'd the bag. That'd be awesome. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say that. Yes. You just didn't give me the opportunity. Sorry. Sorry. Right. I got excited. <laughs> See, now you're going to be able to be like, your husband's going to be like, what'd you do today? I'd be like, I got to spend an hour with two really crazy women. <laughs> He actually did ask me where I was going, and I told him the name of your podcast, and he was like, oh, really? Tell me more. And I'm like, <laughs> You're like, it's what? not that kind of podcast. Right. Just tell him. You probably shouldn't Google that. <laughs> all righty. Listen, thank you all for listening. Go find us wherever you listen to your podcast, and uh, give us a rating that helps other people find us, and you can find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and the like. I am Sarah Madrin. And I am Jenny Midgley. And you do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.